All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. Today, I'm giving you my rapid reaction to the embarrassing and disappointing loss of the Falcons to the New England Patriots on Thursday night football by a score of 25 to nothing. And we'll get into the conversation over whether or not the Falcons are inching towards that day where they may be cutting the cord on Matt Ryan. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalFans.com. RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter, at FalFans, putting up weekly content over at the Falcon, like the SB Nation website for the Atlanta Falcons. And, of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. Of course, Locked On Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, and Spotify, as well as now available on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Falcons YouTube page. And when you do, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you leave a comment as well as, you know, on your podcast app, particularly Apple, leaving us a five-star review, of course. So definitely do that for us to help us boost in the ratings, not only for the video side of things, but the audio side of things. So today's episode is our rapid reaction in which I will do the thing that I do every single week, which is give you basically the game summary for those of you that missed the game or may need a refresher on some of the highlights as well as low lights. There were many uh, for the Falcons in this week 11 loss. Then we'll get into sort of my, uh, Grades for the different phases of the game. We'll talk about the pass offense, rush offense, pass defense, rush defense, all that sort of stuff as we continue today's episode. And then we'll wrap up sort of with my final thoughts on the game. Uh, and that will be focused primarily on the conversation around Matt Ryan, who did not have a particularly good game uh, on Sunday. And we do this every single time Matt Ryan has a good game or a bad game. We have a referendum on him. Uh, and, you know, basically I'll be getting into that uh, as we uh, get later in today's episode and talking about, you know, his relatively tenuous future here in Atlanta. And we'll just sort of get into that uh, as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons rapid reaction. But let's jump into that game summary. And if you missed the game, you didn't miss a whole lot. It started off very slow. The only thing that really eventful happened on the Patriots opening drive was Eric Harris was flagged for a defensive pass interference on a third down pass to Hunter Henry that could have uh, prevented the Falcons for uh, getting a three and out to start the game. But the Falcons would get a stop on their next third down thanks to Deion Jones, uh, who was not particularly good last week against Dallas played a little bit better tonight, getting a stop on a run play on third down. Then after the uh, Patriots punt, which started out the Falcons at their own four yard line, the Falcons barely moved the ball and Kyle Duggar, the Patriots safety broke up a pass on third down to Kyle Pitts and that forced the Falcons punt. Then to start the next drive, John o. Smith got a 17 yard catch uh, that was followed by a 21 yard run by Ramondre Stevenson, where he bounced to play outside uh, Richie Grant, who was starting the game at nickel cornerback lost contain on that. Uh, and that put the Patriots deep in Falcons territory. But then on third and one, a few plays later, uh, Mac Jones was able to convert on a QB sneak. Remember that uh, we'll talk about that later uh, and how that affected the Falcons. But uh, after that point, the Falcons tightened up and forced the Patriots to settle for a field goal when 
Jones overthrew Hunter Henry in the end zone. And then the only thing of consequence the Falcons did on the ensuing drive was Russell Gage converted a third and seven with a 12 yard catch. The next third down, Matt Hennessy got beat by Christian Barmore leading to an incompletion and a holding call. And that forced another Falcons punt. New England closed out the first quarter, began the second with a drive spearheaded by Damian Harris. He had four runs for 34 yards, a nine yard catch on a seven play scoring drug capped off by a 19 yard touchdown catch from Nelson Aguilar. On a blown coverage, it looked like the Falcons were in man coverage and Aguilar ran a crosser and A.J. Terrell sort of released him over the middle thinking someone was going to pick him up. No one picked him up and Aguilar just sort of walked into the end zone. Uh, so the Falcons at that point find them, found themselves down 10 to nothing with a minute into the second quarter. And then the Falcons put together their best and really only decent offensive possession of the game after that point with a couple of nice uh, short yardage conversions to start things off, a few fullback dive from Keith Smith on the second and one. Then they had a 10-yard run from Quadri Olison on a fourth and one at midfield. Olison then seemingly became the hot hand there and got the bulk of the carries thereafter. He had a nice 12-yard run right after that fourth and one conversion. Then Kyle Pitts snagged his first catch of the game for a seven-yard play, uh, set up a, another short yardage situation on a third and one in the red zone, and the Falcons opted for a play-action pass. Matt Ryan saw pressure, uh, didn't throw the ball away, took the sack uh, by Kyle Van Noy, and then wound up injuring his foot, his toe, uh, on the tackle. And then Koo came out, hit a 45-yard field goal, but guess what? Jason Spriggs was flagged for a legal formation penalty that pushed the Falcons back five yards and then Koo missed the 50 yard field goal. So that was Atlanta's one good opportunity to get points on the board, uh, you know, in the first half. And they failed to take advantage of that. And that gave Patriots favorable field position. Uh, but the Falcons defense stepped up, forced a three and out. The Falcons followed with their own three and out thanks to a sack given up by Kayla McGarry, who got beat badly by Matt Judon. On the play, Darren Hall then entered the game at nickel cornerback, got beat badly on an 18-yard play by Jacoby Myers, but then redeemed himself two plays later with a sack on a blitz, followed by a tackle on third down against Miles that was shy of the sticks, and that forced New England to settle for a 44-yard field goal from Nick Foles, which he made, and that gave New England a 13-0 lead going into halftime. And if the Falcons were basically going to get back into this game, they needed to come out strong in the, in the second half. So, of course, they did not do that first down play pass went right through Zacchaeus's hands the second down play was a false start on Parker Hesse who was filling in for Hayden Hurst and went on IR this week uh, the next play was a deep pass to Tajay Sharp uh, where he was pass, where he was able to draw pass interference, and that was a 19-yard gain for the Falcons on that penalty, which would become their biggest gain of the game and tie for their biggest gain of the game until a fourth quarter play to Russell Gage. Uh, then Chris Lindstrom followed that up with a false start, so even the positive was immediately followed by a negative. Uh, and then they ran the ball to Mike Davis, that went nowhere. The Patriots blitz on second down. They tried a screen on to Olison that was overthrown, and then the Falcons eventually punted. So the Falcons did nothing to start the second half uh, outside of basically drawing a, a penalty uh, on that opening drive. And the defense did get another stop, though, at that point. So the defense was keeping the Falcons in the game. But then on the ensuing drive, the Falcons went back to their old vanilla, predictable formula that they've been trying all throughout the game and had not been working for them ran for very little yards on first down, then passed for very little yards on second down, and then 
due to pressure on third down, leading to an incomplete pass, and it was rinse, repeat all night long. Patriots then started to move the ball on their next drive with two third down conversions before A.J. Terrell picked off a deep pass to Jonu Smith at the 13 and ran it 35 yards to give the Falcons their best field position of the night, starting out at their own 48-yard line and some quick throws by Matt Ryan found the Falcons in the red zone pretty quickly, but then they had a third and one at the 16-yard line, and rather than sneaking it, they went for a fullback drive that did work earlier in the game on a short yardage situation with Keith Smith, but on this particular play, he was stuffed. Then on fourth and one, they went for it. Rather than sneaking it again, they went with a dive to Quadra Olison and Matt Hansen got pushed into the backfield by Carl Davis, the Patriots' backup nose tackle. And Olison was stuffed for no gain on that particular play. So the Falcons completely wasted A.J. Terrell's first interception of the season. But then the defense, again, forced a three and out to close out the third quarter. And the Falcons' next possession started off with a sack. Jalen Mayfield this time getting beat by Devon Godshaw. Uh, and then they hit their longest play, that 19-yard grab to Russell Gage on an over route and then ran left for a one-yard loss. If you know, you know. Uh, and then Kyle Pitts made a grab on a crosser for 16 yards. And the Falcons were in Patriots territory looking like the maybe, okay, this is the drive that they're going to finally put together and get back into this game, you know, with the fourth quarter beginning. And then, of course, Matt Ryan threw an interception. Now, this was on a miscommunication. Kyle Pitts looked like he did not run the right route. Matt Ryan threw a corner route, pressure in his face, threw it deep. Uh, Kyle Pitts kind of stopped on his route. And Devin McCourty was able to come over the top and, and snag the interception. And so the Patriots went right down the field, thanks to a couple of nice runs from Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. And then you got the patented Fabian Moreau defensive pass interference, although of all the pass interference that Fabian Moreau has been flagged on this year, it uh, this probably was the most incidental, just sort of looked like incidental contact and the receiver tripped, but they threw the flag. And the Falcons weren't really getting any calls all night in this game. And so, uh, you know, the Patriots were moving the ball, but it, it kind of stalled in Falcons territory. Uh, Eric Harris was able to come free on the blitz and he and Dante Fowler tag team for a sack in this game. Uh, and the Patriots settled for a 53 yard field goal that pushed them up 16 to nothing. Matt Ryan then came out, hit Tajay Sharp on a 17 yard play over the middle to start the next drive. But then two players, two plays later, he threw high. Uh, on and out to Alameda Zacchaeus. Ball bounced off of Zacchaeus's hands and into the arms of Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson for another interception with five minutes left in the game. Patriots essentially then ran out the clock. Uh, were able to get it down to the two-minute warning before kicking a 33-yard field goal. And a uh, shout-out to Bill Belichick because he could have ended the game right then and there by going for it on fourth and one. Uh, with the Falcons out of timeouts, but settle for the field goal just to prolong the Falcons' uh, pain and misery. And boy, did that pain and misery continue because Josh Rosen came into the game. It's like, okay, well, the Falcons will run out the clock or whatever the case may be. No, Josh Rosen on his third pass play throws a pick. Kyle Van Noy doesn't see Kyle Van Noy uh, sneaking over the middle. Van Noy picks it off, runs it back 35 yards for a pick six. And there's a minute 22 left in the game at that point in time. Falcons get the ball back. Hey, let's give Felipe Franks a chance. His first pass throws to Russell Gage on an out. He throws it behind Gage. It's picked off by Adrian Phillips. And so at that point in time, the Patriots kneel on the ball and the game is over. But the Falcons threw four picks in their final all eight offensive plays by three different quarterbacks. And that to me is just the most amazing record. And that essentially sums up this game for the Falcons. That's how bad it was for the Falcons. 
four picks, eight plays by three different quarterbacks. There you go. That's your game summary then and there. It took us uh, 10 minutes to get there, but uh, we will continue today's episode getting into my grades for the Falcons in this game, uh, looking at the offense, defense, and special teams. But before we get there, guys, I know a lot of folks, Mercedes-Benz Stadium wasn't packed because a lot of folks were sitting in traffic uh, trying to get to the stadium. And, uh, you know, sometimes you wind up burning through a ton of gas sitting in that traffic because, you know, Atlanta traffic can be tough. Why not get a little bit more cash back at the pump? And you can with the app called Get Upside. Get Upside is a free app that gives you 25 cents back per gallon with each fill up. And over time, that kind of savings can really start to add up and you can get multiple cash out options. You get payments directly into your bank account. You can get PayPal. I like to get mine on a gift Amazon gift card. Uh, and now when you use our special promo code touchdown, you get in a bonus 25 cents back per gallon on your first fill up. So that's up to 50 cents back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Download the free get upside app available in the app store or on Google play and make sure you use that promo code touchdown to save every time you fill up. So uh, another game of bad grades for the Falcons. Um, and then once again, the offense will get the brunt of the poor grades pass offense F you know, Matt Ryan did not play particularly well in this game, at least to my eyes. We'll see what the film says. Of course, you know, it's fair to give him some excuses because the wide receivers weren't great. Although, you know, Russell Gage did, did a decent job. Um, you know, the Patriots were successful at taking Kyle Pitts out of the game, as we thought. Pitts ended this game with three catches for 29 yards on five targets. Gage led the team with five catches for 49 yards. We know the pass protection was not particularly good. Uh, Marvin Hall was active for this game. Uh, I think he got into the game very late in the fourth quarter, if, if I'm not mistaken. But as I said, the pass protection really struggled in this game. They gave up four sacks, 12 quarterback hits, without a doubt, probably the offensive line's worst performance since the Eagles game. Um, although maybe you want to claim the Panthers or, or Bucks games as worse, but uh, I'm not going to necessarily fight you on that. But uh, play calling looked very vanilla, just not a whole lot of positives coming from this offense. Um, and I'm sure many of you guys will be bickering about Matt Ryan and him being the problem or not the problem or whatever the case may be. I know that's Falcon fans favorite topic of conversation because they argue about it every single week, uh, depending on Matt Ryan's performance. I don't necessarily have an interest in that argument, but we will talk about Matt Ryan uh, to close out the show. But uh, let's get into the rest of the grades rushing offense. I gave them a D minus you know, Falcons. Uh, finished with the success rate of 31%. So that's an improvement over the last couple of weeks um, with five successful runs on 16 carries. We saw quite a bit of Quadri Olison, as I mentioned earlier, he had nine carries for 38 yards leading the team. Uh, clearly the Falcons went with a hot hand after that 10 yard run that Olison had on a fourth and one play. He got basically seven out of the final 10 runs after that point in time. Uh, and if you're curious, if you've been listening to the show the last couple of days uh, about the Falcons, ability to run left versus right uh, in this game. They ran the ball left eight times. They ran the ball right three times and they ran the ball at the middle five times. And when they ran the ball left, they averaged 2.3 yards per carry uh, and had a success rate of 38%. When they ran right, they had 4.0 yards per carry and a success rate of 33% and up the middle was 2.0 yards per carry and 20% success rate. So technically they were a little bit more efficient running the ball left uh, than right using success rate, although the yards per carry favors running right, largely due to that one 10-yard run that Olison had on that fourth and one 
uh, skewing the number there. So obviously the reason why I gave the rushing offense such a low grade, even though this was a better performance than what we've seen the last couple of weeks when I given them an F and a D minus, uh, was because of the short yardage struggles. And that's been a problem all year long. And that really came back to haunt the Falcons in this game. I think football outsiders has the Falcons as the worst short yardage rushing team in the league, or at least tied for the worst going into this game with the Bengals this year. Uh, and so the fact, Falcons' refusal to run QB sneak in those short yardage situations is astounding to me. Now, granted, you can make the argument that Matt Hennessy would have got blown up on that play if they tried a QB sneak, and Matt Ryan dealing with a foot injury. Uh, maybe you didn't want to necessarily uh, risk it, aggravating that uh, by having a QB sneak. And I'm certain you know you can use those as excuses to justify the situation, um, but you know it. It doesn't look good when you're watching Mac Jones convert three out of four short yardage situations on quarterback sneaks, and you don't even attempt one on any of the four short yardage situations that you have. And the two ones that you got stopped late in the game really sort of broke your back. Although, again, the Falcons were already on the ropes at that point in time. So looking at their, you know, talking about the conservative play calling, you know, the Falcons were running the ball a lot on first down in this game and it wasn't leading to a lot of success. Uh, they had a success rate of 30% when they ran the ball on first downs, and they had a success rate of 60% when they threw the ball on first downs. And when you look at the first half, they were kind of balanced. They ran the ball five times on first downs and, and were successful in only one of those plays. They threw the ball four times on first downs in the first half and were successful on three of those four plays. So in the third quarter, you're thinking, okay, they're going to get back into the game. They're going to be a little bit more aggressive on those early downs because the offense at least is working a little bit better when they throw the ball on first down. No, the the Falcons don't do that. They ran the ball four times and they only threw the ball two times on first downs in the third quarter. So, um, you know, I get Arthur Smith maybe being a little bit concerned about whether or not the pass protection is going to hold up at that point in time. But, you know, if you can't design an effective quick game to get rid of the ball quickly so that Matt Ryan's not taking those types of hits, um, which is essentially what they were doing because they weren't throwing the ball down the field really at all outside of like one or two plays in this game. You know, like I, I feel like that's just kind of poor coaching on this part. So this, to me, sort of illustrates the sort of conservative play calling that they had in this game. Again, not going to blame Arthur Smith for the loss. Clearly, the Falcons played like crap. Uh, so it, it was a complete team loss, right? Coaching, playing, all that sort of stuff. Officiating, if you want to throw that into the mix. So let's move on to the defensive grades. The pass defense, I'm going to give it a... C plus, uh, I feel part of me wants to give it a B minus because like, but like, I think Mac Jones was a little bit too efficient for me to do that. But a lot of that efficiency was dinking and dunking. Uh, the only throw that Mac Jones had that was more than 15 yards in the air was his interception to AJ Terrell. So it was, a you know, Mac Jones completed a high percentage of passing. It was like 22 for 26 or something like that. And then it was like midway. It was, it was pretty well into the game before he had his first incompletion, but it was a lot of just short throws and whatnot. And it was just playing ball control and whatnot. And they weren't necessarily taking too many risks. Um, so I feel like the pass defense does deserve credit though. So I'm going to give him a C plus. Uh, you know, I, I look at that as a positive grade, particularly for this defense, because Lord knows, I don't, I don't know if they've gotten a C plus all year long. We saw the pass rush show a little bit of life in this game. They did get three sacks in this game. They got five quarterback hits. Uh, you know, most of those were on blitzes. The only player that wasn't in the back seven that got a quarterback hit was on Dante Fowler, and that was on a blitz play where Eric Harris came free and, and Fowler was able to get loose, and, and they both tag team 
on a sack. You know, we saw the Falcons utilize a lot more three, four looks in this game. They dabbled with that last week against Dallas. Uh, and they really, they came out of the starting the game, running a lot more three, four looks. They deactivated Marlon Davidson and, and Tyler Davidson. As far as we know, they were healthy scratches in this game, uh, and, and decided to have Jonathan Ballard and, and Taquan Graham, uh, active in this game. And, and Ballard did some decent things in the run defense in this game. So, um, you know, with the inactive stuff, you know, I'm I'm the first person to question in-game coaching decisions, but I always find the all the talk about the inactive list from fans pre-game to be kind of weird, where people are like really being judgmental about who's active and who's not. It's just kind of weird to me. Like that, it, it, you know, we're not going to get into it on today's episode, but like it always seems weird to me how how much people pound the table for like who should be playing and who should not be playing. Like. I don't, I don't get why that, why people feel like that's going to make a world of difference to this defense. So, um, you know, Richie Grant was, is one of those players that people have been pounding the table to get more reps. He did get extended reps at nickel in this game. It was an up and down performance as has been all his performances this year. Darren Hall got some work in at nickel. And again, it was an up and down performance for him. Uh, Jalen Hawkins was out of the lineup in this game. And as I mentioned, Davidson, the Davidson brothers, uh, were also, uh, out of the lineup. So we got to see a little bit more young guys. You know, I'm sure you can look at the scoreboard and say, hey, it resulted in in success for the defense. So, you know, if, if that's what the feather you're looking in your hat, then by all means, go for it. Um, moving on to the run defense, I give them a C minus. Uh, the Falcons run defense was not particularly effective. New England had a success rate of 56% on 27 design runs. Um, you know, it felt like they ran out of gas in this game. Um particularly in the second half because New England's success rate was 63%. Uh, and a lot of that was Ramondre Stevenson and the, the sort of physicality. No, look, I'm, I'm, why am I giving a C minus? I'm giving a D plus. Run defense deserves a D plus. I'm sorry. Uh, so, you know, Stevenson and Harris uh, were both effective in this game. They needed to do a much better job stopping the run for the Patriots. We're talking about Patriots first down rushing success. They had a success rate of 43% when they ran the ball in first down in the first half, and that ballooned to 75% in the second half. So that's why I'm knocking it down to a D plus, right? They just ran out of gas in the second half. And, and you know, even though they were still getting stops at that point in time, um, you know, you, you need to do better. And, and the Patriots were doing a little bit too better, too good a job possession the ball. So uh, as I said, Jonathan Ballard had a couple of run stops early in this game. He did injure his knee late in the game on the final possession. So we'll see what that his status is as the Falcons continue to deal with a number of injuries. If you didn't catch the update that Hayden Hurst went on IR and who else went on IR? Someone else went on IR. I'm, I'm blanking on that player. Um, moving on to special teams. Uh, C plus, um, you know, and I, I think I also forgot to give the grade for last week's special teams performance against Dallas. And I, I would, I gave it a D minus on the podcast on the rapid reaction last week. So uh, Dustin Colquitt had another solid day. So there's a couple of games in a row where Dustin Colquitt has looked pretty solid for the Falcons. Avery Williams had one decent kickoff return late in the game, uh, replacing Cordero Patterson. Um, and outside of that wasn't particularly impressive as a return, especially it hasn't been particularly impressive as a return special this year. It's because he's, slow but um you know young way Koo missed a kick in this game his lone field goal attempt in this game obviously he made one and then missed the next one but you you can't get credit for making the one that doesn't count right uh so special teams coverage was pretty good but it, it seems like the trend every game where young way Koo misses a kick the rest of the special teams is pretty solid 
in every game where Young Way Koo's out there doing Young Way Koo stuff, the rest of the special teams is not particularly good. So give it a C plus uh, just because for the most part, outside of that one kick, um, you know, special teams was did its job. So we will get into the conversation surrounding Matt Ryan and whether or not the Falcons are going to uh, cut the cord on him uh, in the near future. Uh, and we'll get into all of that as we continue today's Locked on Falcons podcast. Uh, but uh, I want to tell you guys about the new flavors of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, whether it's coconut brownie chunk, an elite flavor. They got a new flavor of vanilla cream, paranormal pumpkin still there, blueberry muffin. Or if you prefer the tried and true old school favorites at peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, and so many more. Of course, you love Built Bars because they're the best tasting protein bar on the market. They taste great. They taste just like a candy bar because they contain 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. But you're eating a candy bar with none of the guilt because of pro- because Built Bars are healthy too. They're high in protein and fiber, low in sugar and calories. Go order yourself some today by visiting Built.com. And when you do, use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So football season is in full swing. And of course, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season, head over to betonline.ag with a new updated website and interface and all the odds, props, and contests that you can handle. And make sure when you do sign up with that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. I told you guys about the prop bet that I made for tonight's game with the first score of the game being either a Patriots touchdown or a Falcons field goal. Of course, it was a Patriots field goal. Uh, so I lost that prop bet. So, you know, but, you know, but whether or not you want to take advantage of the prop bets over at bet online or just bet straight up or whatever the case may be, uh, you can do so. And, you know, bet online is great for football. It's great for basketball, boxing, all the way to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers at bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So let's talk about Matt Ryan. And I'm sure while the rest of you guys are going to spend the next couple of days and weeks months, potentially years, arguing over whether Matt Ryan is washed, how much of Matt Ryan is the problem. Is it Matt Ryan's fault that the Falcons are bad? You know, how much help does he need? You know, he can't succeed with a bad offensive line and no defense and a running game. All these conversations that you guys have been having about Matt Ryan for years now. Um, You know, I'm just going to ask you a simple question. It's the same question I asked last year and we'll continue to ask. Does it make sense? for the Falcons to continue to pay Matt Ryan if they're not winning. They've been saying it for a year. If you don't win games, people lose jobs. We saw the head coach lose a job. We saw the general manager lose a job. And guess what? Quarterbacks can lose jobs too. And while you guys are interested in drawing your lines in the sand about being pro or anti Matt Ryan, I continue to be focused on this part of the conversation. Right. And you can sit there and say, well, another quarterback's not going to come in and fix this problem. But Matt Ryan's not fixing the problem either. Another quarterback isn't going to save the Falcons. I've been saying that for a while. There are no saviors, guys. But what is the point of paying what's going to be a soon to be 37 year old quarterback next spring all this money if you're not winning? It's a simple cost benefit analysis. The benefits of having a good quarterback like a Matt Ryan is stability and winning. And if you're getting those, you know, you're, it's worth the high cost, right? 
But if you're not getting any of the benefits of winning, then why are you incurring the cost? It's a, it's a simple equation that, you know, all us millennials ask. I'm a geriatric millennial, by the way. Um, but, you know, all us millennials ask when we were cutting cords. It's like, why am I paying for cable if I'm not watching cable? And if your answer is, uh, well, you know, what are you watching? You know, and basically the answer for a lot of folks is, well, who's going to replace with Matt Ryan that's going to be better? It's like, same question of like, what are you going to watch if you don't watch in cable? I'll figure it out. But I don't really care because I'm trying to save money. That's kind of really the situation. And whether it's Matt Ryan, whether it's another quarterback, you know, it doesn't change anything for the Falcons. It really doesn't, guys. They're still going to need a running game. They're still going to need an offensive line. They're still going to need more weapons. They're still going to need to improve the defense. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The difference is how much money are you willing to pay for losing? And it goes back to the conversation I had with Jeff Schultz of The Athletic a couple of weeks ago. You know, whether or not the Falcons feel their ability to add those things is helped or inhibited by the presence of Matt Ryan and particularly Matt Ryan's contract. That's really the, the conversation that we're having. And it really has nothing to do with how much Matt Ryan has left in the take if Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I, I have to say these things because I know I'm going to get presented as an anti-Matt Ryan guy from some folks because, again, people only have this extremely binary lens, either you're pro-Matt Ryan or anti-Matt Ryan when it comes to the conversation about the Falcons quarterback. But I, I do like Matt Ryan. I do. I don't think he's going anywhere this year or next year. But beyond that, you know, is completely a toss-up. And I said this at the end of last year. You know, I, I feel like Matt Ryan, you know, can afford, let's say the Falcons, let's say the Falcons can only afford to have one losing season under Arthur Smith before they have to get rid of Matt Ryan, before they will be more than justified to get rid of Matt Ryan. Right. And it doesn't look like the Falcons are going to have a winning season this year. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And so if that's the case, then essentially the argument I'm making is, they have to go to the playoffs in 2022 or at least to have a winning season and basically miss the playoffs on a tiebreaker or something like that. Because if, if the Falcons miss the playoffs in 2022, they will have missed at that point in time, the playoffs an eight out of the last 10 years of Matt Ryan's career. And I said this a year ago before last season, before the Falcons missed the playoffs, that when you look at Phillip Rivers in his final nine years in, in LA and slash San Diego, the Chargers missed the playoffs seven out of those last nine years. Eli Manning, and then they wound up replacing uh, him with Justin Herbert. Eli Manning got replaced by Daniel Jones after the Giants had missed the playoffs six out of eight years. And Matt Ryan will be at seven out of nine this year, assuming, again, the Falcons don't turn things around. And then if they don't miss the playoffs, uh, if they miss the playoffs next year, it'll be eight out of ten. So the point being, it will be basically unprecedented for an NFL team to keep a quarterback that long, or at least an expensive quarterback that long without any of the results. So let me make it clear. I do expect Matt Ryan back in 2022. I do expect the Falcons to draft a quarterback. I talked about this after week two. Now, then I said it was probably going to be a first round pick. I'm skeptical of that. I think Matt Ryan has performed well enough. And I think the concerns about this upcoming quarterback class mean that the Falcons will probably go in another direction in, in round one, but we'll see. Again, nothing is written in stone at this point in time. But I do think, you know, I'm not going to say it's a certainty, but it, it seems like a, a strong bet, particularly given how Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks have performed 
in limited action this season uh, that the Falcons are going to use, if not a first round pick, a second, third or fourth round pick on a quarterback on a developmental guy that can, they can plug and play as a backup quarterback, because I think the Falcons have to have some semblance of a succession plan. They can't go into next summer with AJ McCarron or Josh Rosen being their best option to potentially replace Matt Ryan. Because again, Matt Ryan's future beyond 2022 is very much in doubt. And so the Falcons have to have something in place at least, you know, and and that includes drafting a quarterback to, to sit there and say, okay, well, we got something in place for potentially 2023 and beyond. And so the reason I say all this is again, has nothing to do with my opinion of Matt Ryan. I think that's largely inconsequential to this conversation. This is a business guys. Um, and the simple business question that you have to ask if you're a football team is why am I devoting 20% of my salary cap to a player if we're not getting positive results on the field? And this is true of a quarterback. This is true of every player on the football field, right? Which is a bigger conversation because the quarterback gets all the attention. And so whether you think Matt Ryan is the problem or you think he is the problem, it, it doesn't matter, right? If you're not getting results on the field, that's all that matters. And that's how this league works. And you can ask Philip Rivers. You can ask Eli Manning. Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, et cetera. And Matt Ryan is not above that. No matter how much loyalty and personal positive feelings you have uh, towards him, he is not above that rules that applies to all quarterbacks. So that's where we'll leave it with Matt Ryan again. I think he'll be back next year. But beyond that, you know, the Falcons are going to have to start uh, thinking about the future, thinking hard about the future of life beyond and after Matt Ryan, uh, unless they can turn things around, but the season's not over, right? They have a very winnable game next week against Jacksonville. Then they have Tampa Bay at home. Then they have four out of their last five games being winnable games against Carolina, San Francisco, Detroit, and New Orleans. Now, you know, they're not going to beat Buffalo, but you know, it's possible that this team could go five and two, uh, the rest of the way. And, and if Matt Ryan plays exceptionally well down that stretch, you know, then I think it buys him it buys his coaching staff a much longer leash, uh, where they can be in a position going into the offseason thinking, okay, we started to figure some stuff out at the end of the season. You know, maybe we're not as far away as we thought uh, we were. And that will sort of change the math on some of these things that we're talking about. But as I said, this is, you know, a simple math equation, a business equation. Why are you paying money uh, if you're not getting results on the field? And regardless of whether you think that's Matt Ryan's fault or not, is mostly inconsequential to that answer to that question. Right. And we all know the answer to the question. It's just, it is what it is. So that's what I want to say to, to wrap up today's uh, episode. And, uh, you know, I didn't give you any recommendations on who would cover this game because I know better than that. Um, so if you want recommendations for which teams will cover this weekend, by all means, make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast where handicapping expert Lee Sterling is giving you his daily picks, his blowout specials, his lock of the day. Lee is definitely a, uh, an expert when it comes to those stuff. So follow his advice. Don't listen to a word I say when it comes to this stuff. So uh, definitely check out Locked On Bets, free and available on a variety of podcast platforms. And guys, that will do it. We will probably be back Monday. Probably won't put up a show Sunday evening or anything like that. We'll just wait till Monday and I'll, um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I'll probably have a guest on Tuesday or whatever the case may be, unless I can get somebody on uh, before then, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going on a mini vacation. I'm taking a, a small break from the Falcons going out of town this weekend, uh, visiting some family and friends and whatnot before the holidays that I won't be able to get to see during the holidays. And so I would recommend to the rest of you, if you can take a break from the Falcons, 
relax. Don't spend too much time arguing with folks about Matt Ryan on, on Twitter. There's no good that can come from it. I guarantee you that. So, uh, you know, if, if, if you feel in, you know, I was going to say go watch some, uh, college quarterbacks, but then I'm sure for some of you, that would only, uh, make you feel worse about the Falcon situation. So, uh, based off of how people talk about this 2022 draft class. So I don't know how, how that goes, but, uh, do whatever you need to do to take your mind off the Falcons for a couple of days. Now that you have a little bit of a break and, and watch, you know, if you're going to watch football on Sunday, watch a good team, you know? I don't know. Be nice to watch some good football for once. Uh, since you, know, you guys been, uh, you, you guys deserve it because you've been watching too much Falcons. So there you guys have it. If you have any feedback that you want to provide me on today's episode, of course, you can do so on Twitter or Facebook at Lockdown Falcons via email at lockdownfalcons at mail.com. And of course, you can leave a comment here on the Lockdown Falcons YouTube page. Guys, I appreciate you for joining me for another episode of Lockdown Falcons. I hope you have a great weekend. Until then.